uh, oh. The Departed. That was the Departed. The Departed. Departed. The Fighter. The Fighter. Is, it, is the Fighter? That's Boston. The Fighter. Yeah. The Fighter. The fighter. He's got his fight. I, I, can't, I can't get his fight. I think I found a transformer. I can't get his fight. <laughs> <laughs> that's not like Eddie Murphy. This, yeah. It's this hunk of junk that's going to get you to college. That's Transformers 4. <laughs> James, I think we need to acknowledge the fact that flat. flat. <laughs> Let me say that again. James, I think we need to acknowledge the fact that we do have a special guest today. Another special guest, our third ever special guest. We are guest. very lucky. And if you're watching this, you'll have a special treat because I'm going to lean backwards now to reveal our special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Georgie. For those of you who only listen to the podcast, which I know is the majority of you, flick on the video. Have a look at my dog. I've just, I've just walked her in the rain. Which was fun. I properly tired yeah. her up. Did the fetch. I was like, I need her to just chill when yeah. George comes in. Because it's a big dog for a small space. Big dog, small space. Um, I've got her for two nights, which I'm, I'm very excited about. But I, you know, I got it's a big. It's like a part time job to keep this dog yes. exercised. So I thought I'm going to run her in the rain. She comes back in soaked. Got her in the bath. Scrubbed her Amazing. down. Dried her. Fed her. You're here now. And how to feed you? Yeah. <laughs> Scrubbed George Put me down. In the bath. Like, yeah. Warm up some milk for him. <laughs> We're going to talk about sub films today, okay? <laughs> Get um, George ready. So if you if you are listening to this and not watching it, and there is ever a, a mad intrusion, I might, or I, I will just narrate for you whatever Georgie decides to do. George and, and oh, yeah, sorry. James, for the listeners, Georgie is a what type of breed? Uh, a Hungarian Vizsla. And okay. yes, her name is Georgie, not to be confused with Me. my podcast host, George. Yes. I'm not getting affectionate with him. I I'm not calling him Georgie. <laughs> or, I'm not or doing or a insulting. reference to it. George is a, is a dog. Yeah, yeah. It, it needs to be treated thus. So, um, yeah, great. Well, that is our... Just remind us to flick the video on, guys. I do feel bad that I am, I'm blocking her, really, visually. I know, but that's fine. Because we don't know how she's she going to She has be. no equity in Pulp Kitchen. No. You know? No. And her agent is a nightmare. Did you go see the Mario Brothers movie this weekend? Because I did. And I'm going to talk about it. Before we do that, James, I'd like to talk about some announcements that came out this week. Let's do it. As we do, we like to talk about the big announcements when they happen. Yeah, we, we float around news when we see fit to cover it. So the big news this week was about Star Wars. And Dang. there was a big thing called Star Wars Celebration here in, in London. And it was, you know, uh, lots of stuff happening. And it was an exclusive look at, at what's the future of, uh, of Star Wars, as well as some other Disney properties as well. Now... I'm referring to an article from Games Radar here, yeah. uh, where they've assembled basically the main announcements, and I'm gonna skip over the main things. But the 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 the, the main the main announcement was that there are going to be James mm -hmm. three new Star Wars movies, not one, not two, but three, and that's not like oh a new trilogy or whatever. Three separate, separate distinct individual Star Wars movies. The first one is going to be directed by James Mangold, mm -hmm. who did Logan. Yep. He's doing the upcoming Indiana Jones 5. Yep. You know, uh, he's actually been directing for like decades. He's been around for ages. He did Girl Interrupted way, way back. He's he did Jones the line. Soon. That's like a couple of months away. But anyway. That's right. So he's going to be directing a, a film set thousands of years in the past and will focus on the first Jedi. So completely you know, extracted from... Uh, uh, from the from the era that we know, and you know what, I'm fine with that. It's like House, it. House of the Dragon approach, a really un underexplored period in uh, Star Wars canon yeah. from the films and the TV shows. I think it'd be fun to get on celluloid, the origins of the Force, the first Jedi. Sure. I'm into it. An anthology film, love it. Sure. 
And then Dave Filoni, who of course is uh, like the, Dave Filoni, we trust. Yeah, he's the he, he's done but, loads of Clone Wars, Rebels, and he's and Mandalorian is the thing that he does okay. a lot of stuff on. So now. he's going to be directing a movie uh, that will bring together all mm-hmm. of the Disney Plus shows. So okay. Mandalorian, Ahsoka, um, Boba Fett. I guess all yeah. of these shows are going to be making its own movie great more more people turning up in things that they are not like, to be in for an avengers team up style i think more of a like dare i use refer to this because it's not that popular but you know like uh, marvel's the defenders you know on netflix <laughs> do you remember yeah, no. with jessica jones <laughs> yeah. and Luke that is a whole era it's just been lost uh, yeah, swept yeah. under the rug well daredevil is coming well back. except for daredevil resurrected and rebooted yeah but all the other ones taken out the back and shot <laughs> kevin feige <laughs> just like yeah no no honestly come well, jessica jones is the thing <laughs> There were just a couple of people too few to recommend me to like watch Jessica Jones. I tried. And a couple of people, someone, oh, watch someone, it. No, but someone said to me, Jessica Jones is fantastic. You've yeah, got, I had the I same. Like, okay. And I, I got about halfway and I was like, this is, this is difficult. And this was, yeah. I was younger as well. I was more open to things then. And David Tennant, I was like, oh, I'm glad to see David Tennant. And it's something, yeah, no. whatever. Uh, and, and the third film is that Daisy Ridley is going to be returning as Rey for mm. a new movie set after the Rise of Skywalker, which will follow the rebuilding of the Jedi Order. Not Moving terribly thrilled or excited about that one, to be honest with you, James. I would like them. I'd like. I like the sound of the James Mangold one, which is far away from mm-hmm. the, the, the original trilogy, as we know. Just, just mm-hmm. get away from it. Uh, the Dave Filoni one is okay, near but not in- encroaching on. But this yeah. it just seems a little bit. I, Look, the story's done. I don't need to. Can we just stop it now? Just stop it. We don't it like. I don't want to be reminded ago. about. It was done when we partied on Endor, George. I mean, look. As a as a as an ideology, yeah. It's on Spotify. Have you seen the Lo-Fi Beats playlist on on Star Wars? No, is it? It's all the songs, but with Lo-Fi Beats. They do the canteen about. Oh, and you can work. You can work to it. It's fantastic. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. It's great. Look, my first instinct of. You know, I could very easily rail into the Rise of Skywalker and one imperfect ending it was, and how it's clearly went through multiple rewrites and uh, changed hands multiple times. Like I could go, why are they doing this? It's very negative. I instead wanted to focus on what they could do that's positive that could hopefully good, repair right. some of the damage. Because if if it was to end at nine, Rise of Skywalker, that's really sad. Mm. You've touched something very special, and you've you basically with the sort of corporate studio yeah. ruined it, right? Yeah. And my, my first instinct was negative, and then I thought, okay, hold on. What if we can repair some of the stuff that was broken? What if we can actually reintroduce Finn in a way that felt like his story was never really complete? Mm. What if there's more underexplored things to do with him, the fact that he might actually be force sensitive is for one. Second one, what if you repaired the most awful... Uh, character reintroduction, which was Palpatine. Mm. What if we went back and we actually explored the cloning of Snoke? Explained. And explained how Palpatine came back and we filled in the gaps. Mm. We we do so many, we fill in so many gaps in Star Wars with all our TV shows and our cartoons that people love to shout Mm. us about in the comics. Why not, just seeing as you're going to do a story from the granddaughter of Palpatine, fix it a bit. Yeah. bring Andy Serkis back for Snoke. Like, make more sense out of that decision. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I like, think that like, makes like, total, yeah. Like, try and that's fix a really it. positive idea. Of, and um, that, that's, that, that, oh, yeah, um, the Knights of Ren. Okay. Where were they? 
They were, they were a really cool action figure set. Yes. But I remember seeing them in the Force Awakens trailer and being like, ooh, the Knights of Ren. Mm. Who are they? Adam Driver's little little boys club, his lost boys with the cool little different suits. Bring them in. They were cool. Like, fill in the gaps. Yes. And so I'm not going to rail on it. I actually <clears throat> don't dislike the character of Rey as much as I think a lot of people do. I think, unfortunately, yeah. like the path her character went down is a little bit unfortunate. But as a character, I don't mind her. Hmm. I like Daisy Ridley too. I think I think I think that's a really positive outlook. And I, I don't know. I, I think I think that's fair. I think you're being very fair. And I think um, we've been here before, and not to reference it again, but like with House of the Dragon, I, we were all like, we're done with Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's yeah. over it. It's crashed. I was ready to be like to, not watching it. And then it's completely redeemed it. Yeah. And maybe this can do something else. Maybe it can actually redeem itself and come back. You keep Ray for a reason. Her story's not complete. Sure. Right. Still not Skywalker though. No, there are problems there. But I mean, look, I don't even know if I'm. Go- I, I've. I'm. I'm not watching any more Mandalorian. I've, I. I'm relying. I'm waiting. You. Week. You yeah, hold yeah. the fate of the Mandalorian and yeah. my view and my relationship with it in your hands. If you say to me mm. that I should watch it, I will watch it. If you go, meh, that's it. I think I'm waiting for myself to be sick to the point of bedridden to complete all of the Star Wars TV shows. You can't be sick to the point of bedridden, James. We've got a show to do. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I will wheel you <laughs> in here <laughs> with your oxygen tank. Even on my ventilator, yeah. I will be watching content for yeah. when I return. Thank you. Um, that, that I'm going to wait till I'm sort of really sick and, and sort of I can watch those. But I, I can't see myself right now with everything that's coming out. God, this worries me, James, because, you know, you don't get sick often. <laughs> So I'm, worried, I'm worried you're saving thanks. it up. I wish you got sick more. No, but I'm like, no, I'm worried you're like saving it up. And there's going to be like, oh, yeah, like too much to do. I'll, I'll be too like much work. sick. I'll be like, oh, God, I'm sick. I got, yeah, I'm, I'm really sick. Do, it's yeah. like, because you haven't, you know, reclaimed your sick vouchers. Yeah, so it's like, your body's like, well, we haven't been sick in ages. There's, there's too much. I can't consume it all. It's not special anymore. Content. Sorry. Uh, the Star Wars. Yeah. Do you know what? There's a really funny thing. Uh, in an interview before the pandemic, uh, Chris Hewitt was on. Chris Hewitt used to be an, uh, uh, or still is a journalist for Empire Magazine, right? And right. he was being interviewed on the Films to Be Very with, with podcast. And someone was saying, like, you know, I think Brett Goldstein was like, yeah, you know, how is, you know, the challenge of being a film and TV reviewer, like, is it a struggle? And he was like, oh, I know, there's so many wonderful things out there. But he said, I just wish that there was like one year oh, where like nothing came out. Yeah, oh, yeah. I he love said, it. He said, I just wish there'll be like one year where no one makes anything. Amazing. Just like catch up. And then the fucking pandemic happened. <laughs> and I felt like tweeting Chris Hewitt being like, you got it. Yeah. I hope you're using your time wisely. I wouldn't say the pandemic was a clean, uh, it was it was as close as we'll ever get, hopefully. Like, it, was, it was as close as we'll get to sort of clean nothing coming out. But there was like yeah, you 2019 know, and production content. stopping. And like, yeah, there was a, an ebb, a recession. I would say of- it was, it, the deficit was, just afterwards when we came out of it when we started this show we were feeling the deficit oh yeah we were yeah there was a real, real there wasn't like there wasn't stuff coming out every week like there is now in the second year of pop S- kitchen speaking of you've been out to the cinema many times you've been out, you've been seeing these this week weekend. why don't we talk about some movies let's do it another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we begin this review, I just want to say, because we, did, we didn't say it at the top of the show, um, welcome to any new listeners. Welcome to the Pulp Kitchen. Come on in. Uh, the show continues to grow. The show continues to grow. Everyone's welcome. Today, we're going to be talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Wow. An IP I know about, but I don't think I've ever played it extensively. Okay. I think I've had a, like a couple of sessions at uni mm-hmm. and that was it. So. Yeah. It looks very colourful. It looks like it was made on on sugar. James, Super Mario. It's take, oh, sorry, and at the time of recording, it's taking like loads of money. Yeah, I'll come on to that. It's making loads of money. Um, Mario, I like Mario. I not uh, Mario's always been. I'd say from anyone my age and even you know from the entire millennial generation to Gen X, Mario's been a consistent part of many people's lives. I really enjoy Mario. I can't say I'm like, oh my god, Mario. Yeah. The game design. I, I, I enjoy it when I play it. I've played many of them. I've played Super Mario 64. I've played the original Mario Brothers, Mario World. Big fan. Enjoy it when I get to play it. Um, it's interesting when I saw this film get announced and I saw the trailers for it. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. They're going to try and rationalize Mario when it's a really sort of... It doesn't really have a, a plot. It's plumbers. But they're trying to justify the fact that he's a plumber. Like. Well, no, I mean, well yeah, I'll, I'll get into it. But it's like you're trying to rationalize and give a voice to a character that is <laughs> otherwise like not really. He doesn't really yeah. have one. I know he does technically speak. He goes, wow, it's on me. <laughs> oh, like there's that. And you're like, oh, okay, now we need to like expl- justify the Mushroom Kingdom and the yeah. princess and Yoshi. And I'm like, how are they going to do that? Is that logic be fun? to a. Yeah. And usually when I see that, I start thinking, okay, you're going to have to be a satire on the genre. And I start thinking about how I felt like Shrek was a real satire of its genre. Yeah. No, we're harking back to an old thing. I thought it did that really successfully mm-hmm. because it was doing a fairy tale. It was the people who make cartoons doing a cartoon, but like, it's a new genre. Yeah. It's a new millennium. We're doing it very differently. Um, and so, like, lo and behold, we've got Mario and Luigi, who own a plumbing company <laughs> called the Super Mario Brothers, Fantastic. who just spent all their money on a new advert. And they're in Brooklyn, in New York. And Mario and Luigi are like, hey, man, we got to we do this. Are they human? They're human. Which what? Are, again, like, was Mario a human? Uh, is he played? Are they played by real people then? Yeah, played by real people. So you've got Chris Pratt voicing Mario. You've got uh, Luigi voiced by Charlie Day. Hey, just just to understand though, but like she has a family who yeah, are like Italian American. Like, hey, you gotta have the spaghetti but, but, with the mushroom. And this is this bit's animated. This is all animated. Okay, so, all... so the bit in New York is not like real world people. No, like no, no. Oh, movie sorry, movie. no, it's not live action. Thank no. you, thank yes. you. Yes, no, no, no. no. There's like they are as real people with real family. Okay, got it. Who okay. look and talk like they them. Live, on, live on Earth. Okay, yeah. And uh, they're like, oh, we got to get this plumbing business. <laughs> I'm laughing talking about it because I'm like, you're trying to rationalize Mario, which yeah. didn't really ever make yeah. sense. So they're in the real world and there's a big, uh, they got to like try and boost the plumbing business. They're watching the news and they see, oh my God, one of the main pipes in the city is blowing. We should go over there. Luigi, come with me. Like, and Luigi, you know, he very much sort of follows in Mario's shadow. He quit his job to go to something <laughs> He quit his job to go and start this Super yeah. Mario Brothers plumbing it's like company. like the bear. Mario, yeah, <laughs> it really is. And they're like, there's like this good feathers dining scene, like you know, like the Italian in the vest yeah, with yeah. his arms on the table, and he's getting the mushroom spaghetti, and Mario doesn't like mushrooms. Uh, oh. 
And uh, he's like, we got to go and fix this big plumbing issue yeah. in the city. Uh, oh my God, the subway's closed. Hang on, I'm really good at platforming. So Mario like jumps around the city like you would in a level <laughs> and the camera goes into 2D. And there they go down underground and they need to fix the wrench and they get sucked into a, you know, like a tunnel, Magical like a plumbing, a plumbing, you know, like the, what are they called? Pipe. Pipe. Into, <laughs> into a pipe. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. Uh, get sucked into a pipe. And where does he get sucked into? The Mushroom Kingdom. Wow. Of course, there is Toad who greets him when he gets there. Luigi gets sucked into a different uh, pipe system and ends up with Bowser. Bowser, obviously, uh, is voiced by Jack Black, who has an ultimate plan to uh, capture a magic star to convince Princess Peach to marry him or he'll destroy the, the castle. And you know what I mean? Like It's, it's sort of like, the, it's like get the, save the princess, get the princess, but obviously the princess doesn't need to be saved yes. because it's yeah. Luigi needs to be saved. And I'm like, okay, we're doing this genre, but th there wasn't as much of a, of a satire of it. And I went in a screening, I went to a, a multiplex and it was when, um, it was one of the biggest screens they had there. And it was fairly full um, and there was kids from mixed ages. You had from nine to 12, and then you had some mid-teens and then some late teens, their parents, and then me at 28 with like a beer of Beretti. <laughs> Actually, I have a film podcast, which is why I'm seeing this. Um, and the big problem with it, it's nowhere near funny enough. Oh, the really? audience uh, reactions to it were quiet. Mm. And um, when, I, when I analyzed the humor of this and where I think it does fall short, it felt like um, corporate humor. Safe for work. Mm. I know it's. I know that's not. You know, it's, it's a kid's story. Yeah. You know what I mean. Like didn't um didn't give me like a risk with its humour. Yeah. Felt very safe. And you know you, if you've got Chris Pratt, Charlie focus Day, focus grouped, focus grouped, almost like the uh, the powers that be at Nintendo weren't willing to uh, let the reins go a bit on maybe making fun of their IP a bit more. You know, like for a comedy film, yeah. and you, you cast uh, Chris Pratt, Charlie Day, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, and Jack Black, mm. and you tell a Joyce Peach. But I'm like, those are few, really big comedy yeah. presences. I, I did, in my head, I expected a bit more in that sense, and it, and it wasn't there. And um, look, it, it's it's just a bit safe, and I think that's where I just was. I, I didn't laugh. You'd be better off watching Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons this mm. week if you were sort of deciding between two movies of that ilk. It has loads of licensed music in it, which I would say are really lazy picks to just appeal to the masses. Mm. The licensed tracks they use are "I Need a Hero," right? Um, "Take on Me," "Take right. Me On," uh, "Thunder" by ACDC. And Mr. Blue Sky. Right. And it's like, great oh, songs. Mr. Blue Sky is used in absolutely everything. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. lazy song choices. Like, really, you're going to play yeah. that? Like, just the most mm. square, mm. cuboid way to tell your story. There's a lot of, um, like, because obviously Mario is uh, a platformer, right? And part of the thing is, like, the levels and he jumps. Princess Peach is like, oh, you need to help me, you know, get the Kongs to come and fight our side in case Bowser comes. But we're going to go on an adventure. But before you go, you need to learn how to beat this obstacle course. And it's mm. like a Mario level. It's like, why? Uh. And it's like, don't get me wrong. There's, there, are, there are a couple of sequences where the camera comes, uh, you know, sort of parallel yeah. and you see what would be a Mario level and it's very colorful and it's bright and it looks beautiful and I'm like, it looks cool. But I don't, it, it didn't really make sense. Right. Like, this is a Mario movie. The Mario Kart sequence, I will say, really well done. Really uh, loads of references in there. Very like fun action. If you've seen the trailer, you've seen some of like the big sweeping camera moves and like the glides and I'm like, that was cool. Apart from that, just a bit, a bit, a bit uninteresting. Hmm. That's interesting because I uh, spoke to someone at the weekend who uh, is family of my girlfriend's and she is a, an elder millennial. 
a late, you know, early millennial. You know what I'm saying? Just, yeah. just get the brackets right. Elder millennial. And so she grew up with Mario. Right? Yeah. And so she loved the film. She took her kids to mm. see it because there was references throughout it. Like there just, are. Just, oh, that, that, and that's the button. I think, oh my God, and the sound, even like the sound it makes. Yeah. Which is great. And then obviously like it's very clever because not only is it appealing to kids, it's appealing to their parents who were young enough, mm-hmm. who were, you know, old enough rather to play it originally. Uh, and the kids enjoyed it. But um, fair enough. It's a, it's a, it's a shame that it... Because I was hoping that you were going to tell me that, ah, oh, like it's going to... Yeah, no, I thought I'd say that Lego too. movie kind of... Because it's done by Illumination, who did Despicable Me, right. and the quality of the animation is fantastic, and um, it's it's just way it was way less of a genre satire than I thought. Spe- sorry, speaking of Illumination, I have a friend who works in licensing for uh, that company. <laughs> I, I'm not going to even trouble. To kill. I'm not going to name. I'm not obviously going to name my friend, but like he worked, you know, the big sort of you know, pond of licensing, Universal, you know, Embassy, yeah, yeah right, yeah. And he, he said, honestly, there are meetings where it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What if we did that, but like with minions? <laughs> you know, they go, yeah, yeah, that's good. But like, what, what if we like put some minions in it? <laughs> and it, that like, it shocks the, me not at all. It, it's the quickest route to cash. They're like, oh yeah, we could do that. Yeah. But we could also do it with minions. <laughs> Which makes so much. We could sell that product, but yeah. what if a minion helped? Yeah, exactly. So everyone's notes are just minions, minions, question mark. Yeah, more minions, minions. different um, color minions. But despite that, uh, you mentioned it earlier that this is an article from uh, three days ago, but of social world, the numbers have changed. Not only did the Super Mario Brothers movie win the global weekend box office with an estimated 368 million, but it's, it has officially become the biggest worldwide opening ever for an animated film. So domestically, this is US, brought 137 million over a three-day weekend and 195 million over the five-day stretch. And just for perspective, it's past Frozen 2, 358 million, it's having the biggest worldwide opening ever for an animated film. And um, it broke the this year's record of 22, 225.3 million, which was Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Wow, okay, so it's laughing all the way to the bank. And I'm sure uh, sequels are already being greenlit, but I just don't think I will be going to see it that Okay. Way. That's the Super Mario's Brother movie. If you have, do you say Super Mario Bros? Super Mario, Super Bros? Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Uh, if you've seen it and you agree or disagree with James, let us know and send in an email to hello at popkitchenpodcast. <laughs> I ran out of breath when I was saying that. Hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. There we go. Just a little note on animation while we're talking mm. about it. And you mentioned Shrek. Two words, James. Shrek 5. They're doing it. They're doing it. Yeah. With, my, my, my with the original cast. Yeah. 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 Cameron Diaz. Yeah, yeah. No, nice. she's coming back. She's making a film right now with Jamie Foxx. I can't see. I'm like, oh my God, it's back. Because, mm, I mean, it kind of yeah. slithered away. But I guess maybe after the success of the most recent Puss in Boots, they were like, whoa. Oh, yeah. Which people said was good. People, I, I hear nothing but good things. Yeah. Like, almost like Paddington level praise. That was the Super Mario Brothers movie. James, there is a new shoe movie out. <laughs> Don't we just love a shoe movie? This movie is called Air. And it's not about Air. It's about Nike Airs, right? Yeah, that's it. You know a lot about this movie. <laughs> you a shoe guy? You like shoes? Do, I mean, I wear them. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I like shoes. Do I like shoes? No, I bloody I wear mean, them every day. I do. I do. I take an interest in shoes. You know yeah. me. I think yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I like to present myself relatively well. Wearing Nikes right now? No, I, I don't have a good history with Nikes. <gasps> they you haven't. Speaking of good histories with Nike. Yes, thank you very much. For, <laughs> so, Air. Air is out. Uh, ben Affleck is uh, directing this film. It's a Ben Affleck 
Oh, sorry. And apologies for my yeah. massive pause while Someone said to me when they saw the trailer for this, they said, oh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are making movies together again. And I said, yeah, you don't see the last duel. No one saw they it. were like, didn't hear about it. I'm like, well, whoa, they didn't hear didn't about it. Hear about it. If which... only Air had got the the, the airtime that no pun intended that uh, the Last Jewel had. <laughs> um, another reminder to go and watch the Last Jewel if you haven't already. Yes. Uh, underrated, I think, uh, w- way more interesting That's... than people people gave credit and to. And came out like after Bond. It was like one of the first yeah. films to like come out in the cinema after like things were returning sort of to mismarketed again. as well. Mismarketed and and, and it's completely Bond. different film than what I thought it was going in. Yeah. Anyway, the Last Jewel is there. This is Air. Air is the story all about Nike acquiring the athlete Michael Jordan. Wow. Okay, so it's a it's a corporate deal movie, yeah, a licensing movie, and it's like it's uh, I'll get into it, but it's like rooting for big company that's now huge to do well. Oh. But anyway, um, it's actually quite a good. So uh, Ben Affleck is in this film. He plays Philip K. Knight, who released the book called Shoe Dog, which is very popular, which is kind of about Nike yeah. in the in the eighties. And uh, the film opens with what I thought was a really good splash of pop culture, bringing you into nineteen eighty four, and it's a sequence which I imagine would have cost would have been a real faff to get all the licensing of all the clips we've got trailers we've got shoes we've got hip-hop we've got sports and it was a really good like you've got music there and fashion and it was sort of like you know a minute long and it's sort of flash and i was like okay great 1984 i'm there i'm with you i wasn't there but i, yeah, I know where, I, I know where i'm at with 1984 Cut to a character played by Matt Damon called Sonny Vaccaro, who is basically the responsible for athlete recruitment uh, for rookies. So he travels around all the high schools and colleges and he watches the kids play and he introduces himself and he's like, hey, don't forget about Nike. And he introduces himself and he tries to basically develop all these relationships in the chance that one of these kids ends up becoming uh, an incredible athlete Mm. and they are signed with Nike. And while he's got a really keen eye and he's very good at his job, he also, every time he travels, he does a layover in Vegas and he gambles quite compulsively, but relatively successfully. He's a little bit of a chancer, but he lo- he's got an eye for detail and he loves to sort of analyze the odds and he tries to see an opportunity where he gets it. He doesn't wear trainers. He wears very sad, black, grungy loafers with blue jeans. He's overweight. He doesn't play sport. He doesn't run. And Nike's big uh, thing at this time was being the running shoe that you wear when you're not running. Mm. Um, And one of the interesting things was that the market share for uh, shoes at this time, I think uh, Converse was 40%. Adidas, another 14. Nike was like 14. Doesn't make sense yeah. in mass, but like, you know. It was Nike way was smaller than Compared think, to what yeah. it is now, it's probably one of the biggest sports brands, if not the biggest. Mm. Um, you know, just an interesting position to be in, you know, 40 years ago. And um, he's got this, uh, he literally spends hours going through all of these cassette tapes and he watches, re-watches the games of these rookies. And he, you know, they're in this meeting and Jason Bateman's in it and they're looking at, they go, okay, we've got four options. The four top, uh, uh, this guy, uh, uh, Michael Jordan, another guy, another guy. Which one do we go for? And the people in the meeting are just like, let's go for that guy. Like, what? And Matt Damon's like, why? Why are you going for that guy? And so he probably sits down, he goes through all the tapes, and he sees this one shot that Michael Jordan takes, and he looks at the way in which he received the ball and how he moved, and he gets consumed with this idea that Michael Jordan is going to be the biggest athlete in the world. Hmm. And he says, we only have 250 grand to spread across three athletes. What if we bet all of that 250 grand on one athlete, and we offered it, to Michael Jordan. And he has to sort of lobby Philip K, uh, Philip, Philip K. Knight, played by Ben Affleck, to do this. He already is like over budget and the board is never going to buy it. 
And um, what's interesting about this film is Michael Jordan is in this film, but he's not in this film. Meaning? So his parents are very prominent, and it's with uh, played by Viola Davis, plays his mom, who's brilliant in it, and they're sort of negotiating with them to get the deal for Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is in it in uh, archive footage, and he's in it in marketing material, but he is not... There's seen. a character There's of Michael no, Jordan. He is seen over the back of the shoulder. Right. There's a moment where he's in a room and he's looking in the corner, which I found really strange. But it's not about convincing Michael Jordan. It's about convincing the parents and trying to convince them why Adidas isn't a good choice, mm. why Puma isn't a good choice. <laughs> and I think here's a problem with it. You've got a story about whether or not Michael Jordan is going to sign with Nike and create the Air Jordan shoe. I know that happens. Yes. It's a foregone conclusion that that happens. So the film tries to create a lot of suspense over whether or not it happens, which to me made the film a little bit uh, pointless. Mm. Like the social network isn't interesting because it, it, it builds suspense over whether or not Facebook became the biggest mm. social media platform of its time. I knew that going in. Mm. The suspense comes from the character drama and the people within it that, that were a part yeah. of it. That's where I think the problem is with the film. It, it, there's some really interesting uh, elements to it when it comes to the, the nature of that deal and the clauses within that changed the entire uh, infrastructure for the way that athletes get paid in their uh, merchandising deals. And as we know, Michael Jordan made the vast amounts of his money from that deal mm. with Nike and loads of other athletes because of that were able to make large amounts of money. Again, like big whoop to Nike, the big corporation for making the big deal. Mm. But that, that element of it to me meant that I was only so interested in like whether or not, did we get it? Did we get it? Mm. Yeah, you did. Because it's not like- You did get it. It's not, it's not one person's hero's journey. It's, it's a company trying to succeed. Yeah, right? and they did get it. And um, we know that's true unless, you've just not, unless you just were spawned two years ago and you'd never <laughs> w watched anything related. Even as a Brit, like, even if yeah. you like, never watched anything. We know Michael Jordan goes on to become one of the greatest athletes of all time, if not the. So, so that's my main problem with it. The, um, the, the decision to not put Michael Jordan in it, I found distracting because he's such an important part of yeah. this. It's Air Jordan. And there's moments where, so he, he's noticeably absent from a lot of the you know, ways in which, like Matt Damon speaks to him on the phone at once, and he's, he's noticeably absent from the meetings. And the moment he is there, he's like, in, he's like in the back of the room, like not looking. And I'm like, wow. that's distracting. That's Michael Jordan, and you're refusing to show his face. I, I've, I've, I've read up on it, and it's because it was an artistic decision to not try to uh, take the image of, Ma of Michael Jordan, oh, that's Michael Jackson, of Michael <laughs> Jordan away from the marketing and the archive footage and put it into another actor's face. Right. I think... You it's just a little bit too hard and yeah. there's something lost from it. That's the only thing. It's a real great feel-good film with really great performances. You've got Matt Damon, um, uh, uh, Jason Bateman's in it and God, what's the one from Rush Hour called again? Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker's oh, Chris also Tucker's brilliant. In it. Yeah, he's fantastic. Wow. He's really good. He and ben Affleck's great in it. I like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon together. I think the dialogue's really sharp. It's engaging. It's feel-good. You've got loads of 80s hair and flair. Love it. Um, just like, I can't, I was only so interested in it but I had a fun time. A couple of things. What, what I'm interested to know is that, so my whole knowledge of this thing was informed by that really fantastic series, The Last Dance. Yeah, Netflix, fantastic. Right? All about the Chicago Bulls. And I thoroughly recommend that to people because, like me, I knew nothing about basketball. Oh, I'm a complete perfect. novice and I learned so much. And it's such a great story. And there is one whole episode about Air Jordans and yeah. Nike and Michael Jordan's relationship to that that was so interesting and so informative and yeah. entertaining. That whole documentary is done. So I'm, when I see the trailer for Air and hear you talk about it, I'm like, is that two-hour film, let's say? Is it two hours, roughly? Yeah. Uh, right. No, 90. Okay, is that 90-minute film going to be as good as that 
hour-long episode doc- documentary I saw. The documentary probably has more value to you as a storytelling. Right. And method. Michael Jordan is in the documentary. <laughs> Jordan's like, in it, both no, in both archive the, yeah, and, and now. as a retrospective interview. So that's, that's the value there. And um, another thing I was going to say is that it's interesting you mentioned the social network because it's like... That is 13 years ago now. Yeah. And, you know, we're still having we films. We still have that kind of subgenre of films. We've just had Tetris as well. You yes. Know, about licensing deals for, a, for a, a very, you take a very famous product that we all know. Yeah. Um, the founder is another example as well. Yes, and, yeah. and you look at the sort of background corporate dealings that go into it. Although you and I quite like the founder. I think, yeah, yeah, it's good. But it's interesting that even 13 years later, that hasn't People are still chasing the dragon. Of the social network like hasn't been superseded. No. Like it is still the, the OG one of if you want to see a film about a famous product and but the story behind it that's more interesting than you think it is yeah that's why it's a really good story and like all the blurbs at the end yeah actually i don't think i'll spoil because there's loads of stuff like you wouldn't know and it's really nice to like oh wow that's so interesting it's like it's just like the focus wasn't on the right bit but i had a really nice time watching it i saw it in cinema is it going on to like Apple TV? Like uh, I think it's a Prime. Right. It's okay, one of the for Prime me that, ones. I hate to say this, but like it does look like a kind of... Straight to Prime. A straight to streaming one, like a premium yeah. streaming film. But it has Ben Affleck and Matt Damon in it, so they were like, let's try and put it out and see if we can get people to buy a ticket. Um, I, I think I sound more negative on it than I am. It's good. No, I think it's just... It's fu- is it, It's just fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, hey, if it's only 90 minutes, that sounds like it's, it gets away with it. But if it's any, I think if it, was, if it sounds like if it was longer than two hours, it'd be a real stretch. Oh, it's hour 52. I take it all back. Well, maybe bring it along. So, obviously, as a shoe film, though, the question is, does it have soul? <laughs> Technically. <laughs> There's a moment where they, like, they design the shoe. There's this whole idea that it's not about the shoe, it's about who wears it, right? And the shoe, gorgeous shoe, iconic shoe. Maybe that's because we've had, like, years of looking at the shoe and we think it's good. But this one time, he's like, look, it doesn't matter. We're going we're gonna to mould the whole soul around your foot anyway. <laughs> so, yes, it does have good soul. There we go. If you've seen Air and agree or disagree with James's thoughts, let us know at hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. Air your thoughts. Oh, very good. Yeah. And let us know if it has yeah. soul. For the next Ben Affleck. Oh, whenever that day moon come, I can't <laughs> stop. Jesus. And that's where it ended. Great. Well, James, we've reached that point in the show where we need to do some emails. Let's and do it. Let's hear what people have been writing into us today. So, would I kick off? Douglas writes in, just like you can, to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. He says, hello again, chaps. Hello, I know Douglas. you've got a backlog of emails, so you can keep this one for when at least one of you has been to see the latest John Wick film. Though I will try Ooh. and keep this spoiler free, just in case. George, you've not seen John Do Wick. Do we want to save this for... for uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. I've seen John Wick 1. Same. And I am getting lots of recommendations for the rest of the John Wicks. So it, I'm tempted to go in. I would I would happily watch all the other John Wicks if they were available to me immediately. Yeah. Like, to, like on a streaming platform. Well, Douglas goes on to say, in my view, it's become one of the best modern franchises and enhanced by the fact that it is totally original and not based on any existing IP. Mm-hmm. What started off as a simple action film has sprawled into this grand mythology of assassins, hotels, and great sequences shot all over the globe, reveling in towing the line in between well-executed violence and ridiculous plot armor. And it all happened without any mid-series reboot like Fast and Furious or Mission mm. Impossible, which you mentioned in episode 69, adding the likes of Donnie Yen and Bill Skarsgård in big roles gives the latest film such weight and then you've got big supporting stars including Hiroyuki Sanada, Clancy Brown and Natalia Tenner helping to bring the already existing exciting world. Scott Adkins also has 
has also some great scenes and everything set in Paris is absolutely astonishing. I particularly love the way one action scene is filmed from above. You'll probably know it if you've watched it. I think I've seen clips of it. I, and I know I, what you mean. I, just, I've heard John Wick 4 is fantastic. Yes, the most recent one, yeah. Uh, despite being around 10 minutes shorter than Avengers Endgame, I only wanted to check my watch once or twice to make sure there was still plenty of the film to come as I was enjoying it so oh, much. Oh, that's fantastic. I wonder what your thoughts are on the John Wick series so far, if any, but would encourage you to catch up and catch this one. It's been great to hear the last few episodes other people writing in from Glasgow, including someone else talking about Marvel, not just me, and even Livingston. At least when it comes to your inevitable live shows... I hope that this earns a Scottish tour date along with your native London, wherever an island Bevan is from, and of course, North Germany. See you then, Douglas. P.S. Belated awards theme controversial opinion. Jamie Lee Curtis is good in everything everywhere all at once, but the rest of the Oscar-nominated supporting actresses were robbed. Robbed, I tell you. Yes. Particularly, particularly Hong Chow and Kerry Condon. Agreed. P.P.S. Have you guys come up with a collective name for your fan base yet? I was thinking the Sirens. Hashtag uh, Sirens on our end. I, like that. I thought it was the Kitchenettes. But you know, I I feel like you as an audience need to dictate it. Yeah, Whatever you, you start decide. to use and start referring to yourselves as. Siren, I think of as like the bad mermaids that drown you. Yeah, like, like in really sexy, the lighthouse. they're on the rock. Yeah, you go and swim. And then do you remember like, the the siren scene in the lighthouse? Oh my god! When it's yeah. just like silent, then it's like. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for that. Very, I believe you with all of those uh, John Wick recommendations. I uh, will be tempted to jump in. This next email is from Calvin. Calvin says, hey, James and George. Calvin from Manchester here. I believe Calvin has emailed him before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I loved hearing George's thoughts on Evil Dead 2 in the latest episode, as it's one of my all-time favourite films. Given that a new Evil Dead movie is coming out soon, which uh, Evil Dead Rise, if it's not already Mm -hmm. out at the moment, Um, uh, and I know you both have vast amounts of free time, haha. I'd highly recommend the original and Army of Darkness, which is sillier but still a classic, so Evil Dead 1 and Army of Darkness, which came after I'd also recommend the TV show Ash vs. Evil Dead, which was sadly cancelled too soon, but is still a fantastic continuation of the story. If you enjoyed Evil Dead 2's balance of gore, horror, camp, and Bruce Campbell physical comedy, Ash vs. Evil Dead is another entry into the franchise that strikes the balance perfectly. Just again, thinking about how much fun Evil Dead 2 was. Just like, so great. Personally, I think Evil Dead 2 is one of those films you can watch again and again and it never gets old, which got me thinking, what are the films that you can watch hundreds of times without getting bored? Without mm. getting bored? When I was younger, I had a TV in my bedroom with two films of VHS that I watched over and over. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Never seen it, actually. Yep. Too Fast, Too Furious, the only one Solid. I've seen it. Yeah. Um, but feel free to come up with your own picks if you, for some reason, aren't happy with the cinematic masterpiece that is. Too fast, too furious. Do I need to rewatch Too Fast, Too Furious? I don't know. I mean, uh, I've seen it. Calvin certainly <laughs> did. What is the film that I've watched hundreds? In the hundreds, I'd say there's very few. I mean, I've never probably haven't seen the film. Like my my sort of in that caliber of hundreds. We're talking Spider Man's one and two, Tobey Maguire, because I had them on VHS. Uh, Lord of the Rings, Matrix, Star 1, Wars, Star Wars. Uh, but I'd say like if we're going a, a category down from hundreds mm. and sort of films that I've seen many times, and if you offered them to me to watch, I'd be like, oh yeah, let's do it. It'd be like The Departed. Mm. I think I've seen that four times, mm. and I'd be very happy to watch it tomorrow. I, I, Prestige, yeah. I could watch every. Year I think I've seen the Prestige. I used to. I used to watch every yeah. year. I think I've seen the Prestige seven times. Yeah, I think I could, I could easily watch that. I've, I've watched three or four. There will be blood. I've watched four times. Yeah, yeah. Check our thing last week about when George yeah. watched it. Yeah. So I did what I did when I was younger a lot is not rewatch whole films. I used to go to the go to my DVD player, mm. pull out the DVD drawer, and watch individual scenes. So I used to nice. watch key scenes from The Godfather over and over yeah, and over yeah. again. Key scenes from Aliens and Alien and Alien 3. And Jurassic like, Park 1. Just 
and, and Star Wars and just all oh, just just like the kiss selecting and Band of Brothers and Saving Private Ryan. You should just yeah. get the key moments and watch that. So not sure that's quite an answer, but um, something like that. Um, Calvin finishes by saying, as usual, thanks for making a great pod. Thanks, Calvin. P.S. Controversial movie opinion. Controversial movie opinion. A Knight's Tale oh, is massively underrated yes. and is one of the best films of the early, early noughties. Yeah, absolutely. A Knight's Tale, Tale is amazing. Is great So film. underrated. Underseen. Paul Bettany in there. Mark yeah. Addy. Rufus Hewell. Rufus Hewell. Yeah. It's a really good, fun, um, subversive, playful, yeah. you know, modern. Heath Ledger's breakout role. Yeah, it was. Well, He's, no, he was he'd broken no, out. I know, then. but like for me, <laughs> in <laughs> yeah. 2003. We, we, every time that was put on at school, people loved it. That was so that good. was the end of term film. You know, when yes. you know, end they of had term, one DVD. Well, there'd always yeah. be a crop of films that people yeah. would bring up for the end of term. And one yeah. would always be a night's tale. Because it's PG. Yes. So everyone, no one has to ask But it's entertaining enough. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Fantastic. Um, P- and they like play Queen in it as well. Yeah, yeah. We were jousting. PPS. Sorry, you've just remembered me. A night's tale when Rufus... Sewell's joust is a fist. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. The black and fist. He put, it's made of like spun sugar and it's got a spike in it because he's going to kill him. Oh God. And he's um, like, William. <laughs> Controversial. Uh, sorry. I, PPS. I listened to quite a few podcasts on rotation and yours ranks, ranks among the best edited even compared to those put out by oh, professional podcast studios. Thank you very much. And thank there. you to the people who complain about the editing sometimes too. <laughs> Calvin, thank you very much for your email. Next one is from Ross, who says, Hey, fellas. Fellas. I only recently discovered your podcast and have been working my way through the episodes. And I can honestly say, listening to you guys has completely reinvigorated my love for film and has me analyzing what I'm watching in ways I never have before. You love talking about films and that is infectious. Oh, that is... Ross, that's why, why, it's why we do it. It's uh, there's it. a few people who've been like, you've reinvigorated the love. I like to hear that. And the people who go and work their way back. Good on you. Yeah. Good on you. If this is your second time watching this episode, welcome. <laughs> Ross, thank you. You are too kind. I was listening to your episode about All Quiet on the Western Front, and you're almost disconnect to the war film genre. Yeah. I too share this disconnect and rarely have any desire to watch them, especially World War One or two films. Although, ironically, I did enjoy Hacksaw Ridge. I feel more inclined, if anything, <laughs> to watch a Vietnam-based war film, Full Metal Jacket being one of my favorites. Sure. What are your favorite Vietnam war films? I also have a recommendation. Did you ever see the series Quarry. It features Logan Marshall Green, Jodie Balfour, and Peter Mullen, and is about a Marine who falls into a criminal underworld after returning home from Vietnam and struggles to settle back into his home life due to public outrage and the atrocities committed over there. It only lasted one series because nobody saw it, but I thought it was amazing. Wow. Capturing a gorgeous 70s aesthetic, backed up with a mega soundtrack, the final episode has an extended scene showing exactly what happened in Vietnam. It is both enthralling and harrowing and one of the best war set pieces I've seen. Wow. Keep up the great walk, guys, and wish you every success all the best ross ross you really sort of sold us on that quarry there is an american neo-noir crime series from 2016 i have never heard of that that sounds great sounds great um, um so the question uh, vietnam war films george uh, i will say full metal jacket is on my list i've it's only on seen list. it once but when i saw it when i was a kid i really enjoyed it and that was platoon yeah, I've seen platoon. platoon, but like years ago. The thing is, when you talk about Vietnam now, I just have to. Yeah, <laughs> na, 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 na. yeah. Um, I just have to think, uh, think and recommend the Ken Burns documentary called "The Vietnam War" that came out a few years oh. ago, which is eighteen hours long. It's a TV series, yeah, but it's basically each episode is an hour and a half. Oh wow! But that, I mean, that was it, it was was so acclaimed when it came out and, and, and got a lot of viewership, which is great. And uh, my brother's seen it like three times. My dad's seen it like four times. And it's, yeah. it is just so comprehensive and interesting. It's got a Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross soundtrack. Sold. It's got a fantastic narration by Peter Coyote, who's the, um, 
he's an actor, and he's like, you know, uh, uh, it was Vietnam. Vice Secretary of the Politburo in Hanoi said that it's just got Love great it. drama in his voice. And um, you've got wonderful shimmering film stock footage that they, you know, archive footage that they use. And I learned, because obviously we're British and, mm. it, you know, the UK was not, did not participate in, in the Vietnam War. So our relationship to that and knowledge completely of it is completely different. different. And learning from both the American and the Vietnamese side about that war and the history and everything, it was just mind-boggling if you have time and wow. you are interested in vietnam and you want to substantiate your appreciation of vietnam war films watch the vietnam war the ken burns documentary it is I'm sensational the show the audience the recommendations just being fired across ping, they're coming ping, in we're ping, sending them back ping, ping. um my, my pick is apocalypse now but funnily enough that's that could be any war yeah oh it's oh, like yeah it's not about the vietnam war no it's not it's, it's very about much, literally everything it's about else hell, basically <laughs> yeah um, next question from Andrew, who says, Evening, lads. As I was watching the podcast, I was thinking oh, about... I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry before you do. Ross writes in some unpopular opinions. P.S. Unpopular opinion. Fear and Loading in Las Vegas is a horrible film. Offensively uncomfortable to watch with nothing to say. And I hated every second of it. <laughs> you seen it? Uh, I, no, I started it when I was younger. I couldn't get into it. Ross, we cannot comment, but I believe you. Uh, P.P.S. <laughs> I look forward to your take on Ty West's X. Yes. I loved yes, it. Yes. Entertaining slasher with way more heart than I was expecting. I know. I need to get to it. it it's because basically Pearl. Pearl's come out and we've all gone, oh, that looks interesting. And everyone's gone, you have to see the the, the other, it's part of yeah, the thing. And we I haven't. Gone, okay, we need to do our They're homework. on Prime, and then and then a week went by, and then Infinity Pool was there, and I was like, well, that's out now, so I saw that. I didn't really like thing, it. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I also got me a goth. Okay. But anyway, our next ed- our next email is from Andrew, who says, "Evening, lads. As I was watching the podcast, I was watching. He's a watcher. Yes, welcome. You Andrew. can see Hi. the dog. Oh, the dog's off the camera now, but." As I was watching the podcast, I was thinking about books that would make a good film slash series. I recently read The Tattooist of Auschwitz, which I loved. I then Googled to check if it had already been adapted for the screen to see it is being made into a limited series. And I hope it lives up to my expectations from the book. Are there any books, etc., that you would like to see made into a series or film? Keep up the good work, Andy. To answer that quickly, first of all, it just if you if you want to see which books be made into films, just follow Reese Witherspoon because she just <laughs> yeah, she, she just takes cashing in books for, uh, to, you know chart topping book convert yeah. into series slash film right she's crazy like a billion dollar business yeah, hello sunshine it's yeah. just like but who'd have thought just get the most popular books <laughs> yeah. and turn them into series what are people reading yeah yeah <laughs> uh i uh i said this before i think which is that there was a series of children's books ya children's books when i read when i was a kid called the spooks apprentice and spooks curse please tell me did i talked about it. did i no, did i no did I, did I not tell you this did maybe i have this conversation maybe you're fair which is like very rustic and like aesthetic. Anyway, I'm going to say it now. Apologies if I am repeating myself. I would love to... Oh, wait, they did turn these into a film. They turned these into a film. Right, okay, (laughs) back up, back up. It was 1994, I was born. Right, (laughs) to answer your question, Andrew, there was a series of books, whilst everyone else was reading Harry Potter, when I was a kid, I was reading these books by an author called Joseph Delaney called The Spook's Apprentice, The Spook's Curse, The Spook's Secret, The Spook's Something Else. Blah, 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 the spooks, the spooks, the spooks, right? And, and they went on for so long that I never actually finished the series because I grew out of them by the time they, they, they read them out. James is looking at them now. Yeah, 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 I can see. And it was, what I really liked about it, it was it was set in like very pastoral country set England in like the 1800s, 1700s, just something in the past. Mm. It's very bucolic and it's not about the city. It's about cottages and, and farm. And and you have this guy, I'm, pre- I'm sure I've mentioned this on the pod before. Uh, there's a uh, the, there's a the main character is the seventh son of a seventh son, and if you if you are that it is your duty 
you are bound by some sort of natural law to go and be sent to work with a spook. You are a spook because you have some sort of way with the sort of underworld. Right. So he is sent off to to be the spook's apprentice and the spook is this sort of hooded, bearded, irascible, grumpy, uh, you know, Jeffrey Rush, like kind of like figure. And what I really liked about it is that like, it, it has all these fantastical elements in it, like witches and stuff, but it has this like grit and nastiness. And like, there's a bit like they keep this witch in the bot- at the bottom of his garden with these silver bars. So she can't escape because silver, you know, witches can't get through that. And the witch is called Mother Malkin. And like, you can see like the talons coming through and you can hear about it. It's like, oh, you don't go it. to the bottom of the garden because the witch is there. And like, he tries to teach, it's very simple stuff. He just tries to teach the apprentice how to like lasso a, a silver chain. So if you're trying to catch a witch, you know, mm. it's all about... And I'm making it sound like really fantastical. It's not high fancy. It's very mm. sort of like low, gritty yeah. and grungy. And like, I would love to see that uh, made into a series because I can see I can see it. I can see it, how, how it could function. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be brilliant, but I'm, I'm, I'm probably talking into the ether here because no one else has read no, those books. No, it sounds books. good. But I was going to say, they did make it, They actually did turn it into a film called Seventh Son with Jeff Bridges, Julianne Moore and like... Ben Barnes, I think, which was looked so terrible. They actually, oh. they they were they held it off for a release for like a year and then uh, slithered it out, and it was just awful. Anyway, that anyway. sounds great though. Yeah. I love like everyone's like getting Harry Potter. Like, no, I'm reading the Seventh Son. This is gonna really take off. Spooks Prentice, <laughs> <Yeah>, whatever. <laughs> um, next up is friend of the show and friend of mine. Pete. Pete writes into the show and says, Hey, James and George. Hope you're both doing great. Hey, Love Pete. the podcast. You keep me company whilst I edit my photos. Not my favorite thing to do. So thanks for making that thing a little bit easier. Pete is an excellent photographer. You can follow him on Instagram at Pete Jobson. about how you think it is. Uh, with regards to James's impressions on God's creatures and not knowing anything about the film before watching it, what has been your biggest shock in film history where the rug has been swept from your feet and the film is nothing like what you expected? I'll go first. From Dusk Till Dawn. I hadn't seen any... Ch- this is the one with Tarantino and the feet cleaning. Yeah, uh, I hadn't seen any trainers. Uh, tra- trainers. Trainers. Trailers. You're thinking about air. Yeah, <laughs> shoes. <laughs> Cover art or heard anything about this movie when it first released? And for the first half hour, it's about two brothers who hijack and kidnap a family after a robbery. Oh, and now we are hunting vampires in the desert. <laughs> what are your thoughts? All the best, Pete. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen from Dust Till Dawn either. In terms of a, a, a film that's re- taking the rug out and thought, whoa. Not sweep you off your feet. Take Pull the rug out from under and your feet. And you're going, oh, this film's doing this. To sweep you off your feet, to it, me, is like know, a romantic. Yes, yes, it's different. This is like, yeah, pull the rug out. You're, so you're flawed. Yes. You're literally flawed. Yeah. Uh, okay, just to keep it brief, I don't have a, I don't really think I can have a deeper answer. The one that comes to my head is the film I reviewed last week, which is 3,000 Years of Longing. Yes, which I yeah. saw that and I just thought, whoa, we're doing this? Oh my yeah. God, I didn't know you could do this in a film. Yeah. That one. I'd say um, Coco. Right. Completely yes. just pluck at my heartstrings. Yeah. It sawed them off and yeah. strung them. And yeah. I, it just garroted you with them. I, I, I don't think I didn't expect it to be sad, but whoa. Yeah. Coco. Um, Parasite, like the, yeah. the reveal in Parasite, I think yeah. is one. Like, I'm on the, the doorbell. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, let's mention another animated film, but did you ever see Onward with Tom Holland and Chris Pratt? No. Okay, that was a pandemic era that film, wasn't it? That is another film that sneaks up on you really the it one kind set of like magic I'm, yeah it's like a fantasy it's like a fantasy is half but it's like modern yeah and there's still magic but it's like okay yeah it's i actually i was uh, for the most of the film i was like yeah okay whatever yeah it's a story beat and then it the ending Woo! wow oh i'm trying to think like pull the rug out yeah yeah that's yeah it. yeah thank you pete for that email thank you pete thank you everyone who well that's in. all we have time for today in terms of emails um don't 
forget that you can always send your emails into hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. I said that so weirdly because you, <laughs> looked, you threw me a look <laughs> as if to be like... <laughs> you said speaking slowly like something was wrong and I'm like, is guys, that really okay? I, I meant to say that that's what we have time for for the emails today. If you have an email, please continue to send them in. We will eventually read them out to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. James, before we finish with some games, I just want to mention two things that I forgot to mention uh, in the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I uh, was spending some time with my girlfriend's family and she has uh, two relatives uh, who are 11 and 7, I want to mm-hmm. say. And uh, Alice, who is 11, is very, very smart. And she wanted to tell me, we're talking about Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. And she was like, did you know that Miles Morales is shot in, in, in Into the Spider-Verse. It, Miles Morales is filmed in 12 frames per second. Oh, right, yeah. And all the other Spider-Men are filmed in 24 frames per second. And I it's only that. as he's beginning to acquire his powers does he become 24 frames per second. Oh, she told great. me that. That is so, amazing. Thank you, Alice, from Sussex, for that very interesting So anecdote. in the first film when he's... Wait- yeah, okay. So he's like that. jittery, you know, in 12 frames. And the more, be- the more confident he becomes, the more fluid he becomes. Fantastic. And also it's cheaper to animate 12 frames a second <laughs> than it is 24. <laughs> what if we could do half the film? Um, half the and then uh, her brother Edward, uh, who I was talking to about Michael Jordan, bizarrely, because we were throwing mm-hmm. a ball and he, he mentioned Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And I said, have you seen Space Jam? He said, I've seen both. And I said, which one do you prefer? He said, the second one. And I said, oh. why? He said, the colours are brighter. And I was like, fair enough. It, nice. is, it doesn't look, doesn't look more colourful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the colours are brighter. He'd <laughs> yeah. love Rye Lane. Yeah. Uh, anyway, just wanted to get those before I forget. So James, nice. let's close with some games. Now okay. I'm taking a leaf out of your book yeah. and trying to throw you uh, some different games this week. And yeah. we will, But we will ultimately finish with a cast list countdown. Love I it. think I've got a bit of a zinger. Okay, all right. So, okay. My first question for you, James, it's a bit like before. I'm going to ask you to name like 10 things in 30 seconds, okay? Is it, te- is it all 10 and 30? This is, the first one is 10 and 30. Okay, all right. Okay, James. Yeah. I'm going to get my timer out. Get your timer. Get my timer out. Mm-hmm. Wow, palms are sweating. Knees weak, arms are heavy. James, mm-hmm. in 30 seconds, mm-hmm. can you name 10 movies that has the word American in the title? Go. American Psycho. Yes. American History X. Um, made in America. Uh, no, America. Uh, it has to be America. Um, American. Um, American Pie. American Pie 2. American Pie 3. American Pie 4. American Pie... Uh, American Pie The Wedding. Uh, that is... American that- Pie 3. Okay. Uh, American Pie... <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, come on. Different American. Um, um, oh, my God. Uh, time james i am disappointed that you did not say american hustle american sniper american animals american history x i said american history x did you yeah did you yeah i I think roll the tape yeah it's my second one okay i thought no i thought okay what did you think i said now I can't remember. It's I, been I too said long. American History X. Uh, to clarify on the American Pies, <laughs> it's American Pie, <laughs> American Pie 2, American Pie the 3, wedding. The, the wedding. wedding, American Pie Reunion, <laughs> and American Pie The Book of Love. Okay. If you technically get, get the spin Is that all? One. I'm sure they were like... No, that's it. Is that it? Okay. I'm pretty sure. I mean, the American Pie The Book of Love was like a, like a straight to DVD. American well. Sniper I should have got. Um, what was the... No, that's it. Yeah, that's okay. It. Okay, well, well done. Good stuff. And you didn't get American Hustle. I thought you should. No, I should have got American Hustle. Okay, James, I'm going to give you a minute for the next one. Okay. 
And, and listen to the wording on this one. If you don't understand, you let me know because I want you to try and think about it, okay? James. Okay. Can you name six different movies that feature one of the lead actors from Friends? You can't repeat the actor. Do you understand what I mean? So I need one film with... <laughs> I need... So name one film that has Lisa Kudrow in, yep. one film that has Matt LeBlanc in, etc. Okay. You have one minute starting now. Go. Okay. Um, 17 again for, for Matthew Perry. Yes. Um, uh, Along Came Polly for Thing. Uh, Scream for Courtney Cox. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa Kudrow is in... Uh, is it like Knocked Up or... No, she's in... Oh, she's in... Uh, okay, so Matt LeBlanc is hard. What the fuck is Matt LeBlanc in? <laughs> I don't know if I've got Matt LeBlanc. Uh, David Schwimmer, Band of Brothers is a TV show, so it doesn't count. David, People vs. OJ is a TV show, so it doesn't count. Um, what is David, what <laughs> film is David Schwimmer in? And what film is Matt LeBlanc in? So, wait, who else? Uh, Lisa Kudrow, Lisa Matt LeBlanc, Kudrow, David, David Schwimmer. Yeah. Oh, Lisa Kudrow, she's been like a sidekick. Is it Easy A? She's an Easy A. Correct. Yes. Easy, yeah, easy and then a. Uh, Matt LeBlanc. Mm. David Schwimmer, I, I should get. David Schwimmer, film. Oh my God. There's one massive obvious one that I would allow for David Schwimmer. Two, one. What is it? Zero. For David Schwimmer, Madagascar. Ah, that's a good one. And for Matt LeBlanc, I agree. I looked at his IMDb earlier to check. He hasn't actually done a lot of films at all. He actually hasn't done a lot of of, of films. He's done mostly TV. But he was in two big budget blockbusters and that was Charlie's Angels and Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. No, so you got no you got four there. You didn't four. get Schwimmer and LeBlanc. Just got Kudrow at the end. That makes you think they're right because yeah. it's like obviously Jennifer Aniston. You could lay loads. loads of stuff, but almost too many for the game. Courtney Cox is the obvious. Yeah, yeah, love that, love that. Good. I would have also accepted Ace Ventura for Courtney Cox. Yes, yes. Okay, okay, uh, good stuff. Did uh, you get them at home? I bet you didn't. You didn't get Matt LeBlanc unless uh, you just watched <laughs> Charlie's Angels. There's no fucking way you got Matt LeBlanc. And also, who's just watched Charlie's Angels yeah. with Cameron Diaz? Okay, back to 30 seconds now, James. Yeah. Can you name seven non-MCU Chris Hemsworth movies? Go. Uh, the, the the Netflix ones where he's doing the thing. Full thing. Uh, okay, so Star Trek 1. Um, we've got... <laughs> one of the Netflix ones. The ones where he's fighting. Uh, okay, um, The Vacation with Ed Helms. Right, yeah. Um, he is in... <laughs> Shit. Um, Chris Hemsworth. He's in <laughs> Vacation. Oh, I, I know the Netflix ones. Whatever the Netflix ones are called. There's two of them now. There's something that's very similar to Vacation where he appears in a similar capacity. Oh, Anchorman? Is he an Anchorman too? Uh, time, I'm afraid. Also, <gasps> it is time. I actually gave you 35 seconds because I actually put the timer on for 30 minutes. Uh, <laughs> no, he's not an Anchorman too. He is in the Ghostbusters reboot in 2016. Yes. Uh, the films you are referring to, the generic Yeah, Netflix, the generic action um, one. What is it called? Uh, one of them is Extraction. Extraction. And then obviously Extraction 2. Yeah. Is Extraction S- 2 out? No. No. Um, Spiderhead. Is the oh, other God, generic yeah. one. Um, a completely forgotten film called 12 Strong, the, the, the horseman of uh, Afghanistan. Yes. Do you remember that? With um, Michael Shannon. No, and... No, no, I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, go on. Um, John Krasinski isn't in that. No, that's 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. <laughs> next, yeah. My God. Um, also another com- a completely forgotten film, Men in Black International. Yes. Um, 
Ghostbusters, I said. Is, um... The Huntsman, Winter's War, and Snow, Heart, Snow White and the Huntsman. In the Heart of the Sea, the whale one. Yes, yeah. Rush. God, let Rush. Rush I could have got. But a lot of forgotten. Oh, yeah. Films. And The Cabin in the Woods. <coughs> Cabin yeah. in the woods. No, I could. I should really. Have got should, that. I, I did think because earlier I was, like, I was going to give you five. I was like, actually, you no, could. You could doable. get seven. It's very doable. Okay, James. Well done for doing those the okay. miscellaneous games. I'm now going to give you. They are good. I'm now going to give you because it could be anything. There's no revising that. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, James. This next one is going to be a castus countdown. Okay, James. Yeah. Can you? Guess the movie based on its cast okay. in three, two, one. Lady Gaga. Okay. Julia Garner. Juno Temple. Christopher Lloyd. Jeremy Piven. Ray Liotta. How about this cast, eh? Christopher Maloney. Not Place Beyond the Pines. Eva Green. Place Beyond the Pines. Rosario Dawson. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh my God. Josh Brolin. Not Looper? Mickey Rourke. Two more. What? Jessica Alba. Oh, Sin and Bruce City. Willis. Sin City. Sin Two. Yes, Sin City Two. Sin of the City. Correct. Sin City 2, A yes. Dane to Kill For, another yes. completely forgotten, forgotten film. Sequel, How about that cast amazing list? Amazing cast. Lady Gaga, Julia Garner, Juno Tempo, Christopher Lloyd, Jeremy Piven, Ray Liotta, Christopher Maloney, Eva Green, Rosario Dawson, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Josh Brolin, Mickey Rourke, Jessica Alba, and Bruce Willis. Wow. Wow. And I knew the Lady Gaga thing would throw you off because she has a one-minute cameo in that. Isn't Eva Green in that as well? I said Eva Green. Oh, you said Eva You Green. thought I said Eva Mendes. That's why you think it plays uh, beyond the pines. Yes. The wrong yeah. Eva. <laughs> yeah. You said Ray Liotta and what I thought was Eva Mendes. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, place me on the mind. That is a, that's a cast. A great cast. I've seen that film and could not remember anything about it. Well, when I watched the clip earlier to verify how long Lady Gaga was in it for, I was like, Christ. Oh, thank, God I'm, thank God I'm not watching any more of it. Is she a singer in a bar? No, she, she is the equivalent. She's a, a, a husky waitress. You oh, know, okay. You yeah. know, it's being like, hey, you remind me of an old hey, boyfriend of mine. It's a gritty city. Hey. Yeah, it, it, literally. It's, it's a tough bar. You and I'm a tough girl. Yeah, you went, you went Boston then. Yeah, I know, did, hey, yeah. it's a tough bar. It's a tough hey, bar. Joseph Gordon. Yeah. Gordon. I'm your best fucking your, friend. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey guy. Hey, hey who, who, who am I? Who are you? I'm, I'm your best fucking, fucking friend. friend. <laughs> uh, oh. The Departed. That was. The Departed. The Departed. Departed. The Fighter. The fighter is, it, is the fighter that's Boston. The fighter, yeah. The fighter, the fighter. He's got his fight. I, 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 I gotta get his fight. I think I found a transformer. I gotta get his fight. <laughs> that's not like Eddie Murphy. This, yeah, it's this Harvard jump that's gonna get you to college. That's Transformers Four. Um, four. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this episode, episode seventy-one of Pulp Kitchen. Uh, it's been a pleasure, James. Don't forget, we post new episodes of this show every single Wednesday. George, we also have lots of bonus content. Remember, we're doing that now. So if you head over to our uh, channel, uh, keep an eye out mm -hmm. throughout the week because we're going to be doing a review of Rye Lane. Yep. James is going to be talking about Mulholland Drive because he's finally uh, watched it for the first mm -hmm. time. Um, and as ever, please uh, follow us on Instagram and TikTok and give us a like, a subscribe, share us as a link. Tell your friends. Uh, give us a little star rating on Spotify. That means a lot. And subscribe and do, sing <laughs> everything. Julie Andrews, go to the top of the hills and just sing There's it loud. There's a button, just press it. Just be like, say every other word is Pop Kitchen. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. See you next week. Yeah.